Welcome to football. Bloody hell. But hey, what a wonderful day it is. He laughs upon point duty. He laughs upon his feet. He laughs at him. Come on, you manx. Let's have a good old laugh. He never can stop laughing, he says he's never tried. But once he did arrest a man and laughed until he cried. <laughs> Come on, you manx. <laughs> on the show tonight, we've got... Crying Scousers, with Paul Thorpe and Dave Pryor in depths of despair. It was a wondrous sight. He said, "I must arrest." Tommy White and I were on happy cloud. Started laughing until he cracked his jaw. Well, I just thought it was worthwhile changing the theme tune just for this week. Just to see all those Scousers crying. Now they're going to be in big trouble finding a replacement just like Manchester United did when Fergie left. Well, good evening everybody and welcome to Football Bloody Hell. And once again we're doing the Eurovision Song Contest group because... Uh, Mr. Paul Thorpe is still over in Spain, chilling out. All right, Paul? Yeah, all very good. Thank you very much. Jolly good. I gather it was cloudy today, was it? Serves you right. Yeah, a little bit cloudy today, but it's still, it was still banging on uh, 15, 16, so it's not too bad a cloudy. Uh, well, I hope it pisses <laughs> down with rain tomorrow. And uh, we're also joined by Mr. Tom White. All right, Tom? Evening, listeners. All good, thank you. Oh, that's good. And... Megan has now arrived. Can you hear us, Megan? No, you can't. I can see his picture, though. Yeah, we can see his picture. Hello. Hello, can you hear us? Oh. Turn your microphone on. What? Not a cat. <laughs> Hello? Hello? Can you hear us? Yeah, can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you. We're okay, then. We can get going. Right, and... sorry I'm late, boys. That's all right, don't worry. Last but by no means least, our ace reporter and commentator, uh, Gavin Cheetah is with us. Hi, Eddie. All right, and Gavin? Hi, Good to yeah, have you on well, the show. I, I gather you've, you're stepping in for uh, Dave Pryor, who couldn't stand the prospect of discussing the outgoing Mr. Klopp. <laughs> Sorry like that. Yeah, I think it's brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. Anyway, let's get started then, chaps. So, Paul, what do you think about it? I mean, it is the major topic of the day. We've got we've got to put it in front of you over town this week. Well, I just obviously, like, uh, it's two aspects of it. It's, uh, it's it's one. How does everybody else see it? Which is obviously, um, it, I think it's it's sad for for English football because his character and his charisma, I thought, was really really good for the game. He also set out really really good uh, teams. Um, which were competitive, so yeah, it's for as a Liverpool fan, yeah. we're obviously mortified, um, and just hope that they get somebody in place that 
so we don't have a Fergie moment like Man United have done. But uh, you can never tell. Um, it all depends on how the owners see their direction now after Klopp has gone and who they uh, bring in to try and keep the success that they've had over the last uh, few years. Well, of course, it's uh, the first thing I said as soon as I hear it was the fact that uh, it's taken Man United four attempts to get a new manager and we still haven't got the right one yet. So best of luck, pal. You've got about five years of this coming up now. Yeah, yeah. I mean, what's not really happening with, with um, world football as regards the managers is is there's really there's not really a lot of young blood coming through is there like so um the oldies are still chumbling away and um getting their success but it would be nice to see some young blood come through and maybe that's an opportunity for Liverpool to find that young manager who can take on the stresses and tri tribulations of the uh, Premier League and European football well we'll see Gavin, what do you think? I, I, you support Liverpool, don't you? Yes, I do, yeah. After yeah. the Oval. Yeah, it's my second team, yeah. So, uh, yeah, I was shocked when I heard the news because I wasn't expecting it because he is in contract for another two and a half years, I believe. So, um, yeah, I was shocked when I heard. My, my first thought is, well, you know, maybe he's been ill because he said, you know, he was just, he's, he was, uh, was it he used, he was tired and he couldn't keep it up for uh, much yeah. longer. So, I was. Well, I had, I so had that was, trouble as well, mate. <laughs> <laughs> so um yeah so uh yeah i was shocked and that i think you know the last few years even if you don't support um liverpool man city you you got to admit it's been the two teams and the two managers going head to head there's been some um you know like yesteryear with uh wenger at arsenal and um sir alex at man U. um these two teams have been um by uh with uh, the odd exception, they've been at the top of the Premier League and uh, they've done some have some really good battles uh, uh, over the last few years. So it'd be sad. Um, I bet I bet Pep uh, is loving it because he he won't have to face uh, Jurgen yeah. in the Liverpool dugout. But um, yeah, I was I was shocked. So who do you fancy to to come in then? If you had a ch if you could pick the manager now, who would you pick? I don't I don't really. Th I can't really think of anyone like because I suppose because you weren't until the weekend you weren't really like thinking you'd be answering this question would you? So um, no. I mean they, the early bookies favourite is Xabi Alonso, but yeah I know he's doing a great job in Germany, but I mean it is his first managerial job, so you think you know is it a bit too soon for him to uh, go mm. to uh, you know take a step up and go to Liverpool? <laughs> and then the Brighton manager's been linked, I know. Um, uh, so I did read somewhere that um, oh, what's his name? The one who's at Real Madrid, Carlo Angelotti. Yeah, he's been he's been linked. But of course, Barcelona have uh, just announced that Xavi's leaving at the end of the season as well, isn't he? So that's yeah. another major yeah. European force that will also be looking for uh, for a new manager. So no name at this stage sort of jumps out to me to say yes, they must go for him. Tommy, what do you reckon? Yeah, I'll admit, when I first heard it, it was kind of like good news because I'm a Man United fan. Um, but I have sort of gone down the route, like Thorpe was saying there, is that, you know, he will be missed as a as a character and a, a, a human being because, you know, even though I'm a Man United fan, I can appreciate how passionate he is and what he brings to the game. 
um, you know, like his fist bumping and stuff like that. It's just it's just quite refreshing sometimes. And he he seems like the type of manager that you know he is um, in the pub. He's playing darts. He's getting involved. He, he just seems like a real nice, genuine guy. And um, obviously, he's going to be a huge miss to Liverpool, but also I think to to the Premier League, he's going to be a massive miss. In terms of replacing him, yeah, like um, as Gavin said, there obviously initially you might be thinking Javi Alonso, but like you're saying, you know, Gerard looked like he was going to be quite decent when he was at Rangers as his first job, and then really struggled at Villa. So, you know, I think they might learn from that and maybe get someone with a bit more experience, um, but. It's not easy, is it? You know, it's that's not going to be an easy job to to fill. And like you said, I don't really know who is out there at the moment. Managers seem to come and go so quickly in modern day football, especially in the Premier League. That you know, who knows? Who knows what they're going to go for or how they're going to fill it? They might fill it from within. I don't, I don't know. Mm. Um, yeah, but tough times for them. I don't know about you, Tom, but the other uh, in Gavin and it's it, the other. Difficulties are coping with the pressures of the Premier League, isn't it? You know, yeah, but look at the, you know, what Tony Nags having to put up with at Man United with Sancho, Rashford, Ronaldo. You know, it's not, yeah. it's not like you said, it's not just a case of managing your best eleven. It's all the off-field stuff, like Carl Walker. Obviously, got stuff going on at the moment, uh, yeah. allegedly. Um, but yeah, so it's, it's, you know, I remember, I remember Lee Johnson saying to me when he was managing Bristol City, he said, "Tom, it's like being a kindergarten teacher." He said, the stuff I have to manage, he said, it's unbelievable. Shouldn't, shouldn't, it's not part of football management. <laughs> he said, it's just ridiculous. Some of the off-field stuff going on in the players' lives, it was unbelievable. Yeah. I, I think one of the things that struck me as, as a Man United supporter, obviously, um, you know, for the mere fact that Liverpool were being successful, didn't go down very well. But I think uh, he certainly seemed to have a knack with his players, of getting the best out of his players and having a, a very a very cordial relationship with the players. You don't hear of any, you know, rows going on like we, we, we've had with Ten Hag. So, uh, you know, fair dues to the bloke. He certainly had a knack of, of keeping his players on side and, and, you know, getting the very best out of them. Yeah, 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 Sorry, it's the same. The surprising thing is, though, and I don't know if anybody else thinks this, is... I've always known him of, of his honour and his contracts. So, to, to to for him to jump that early, what what's happened for him to actually jump? Uh, I, I, that that's the only my only question mark is because he's still got eighteen months, two years left on his contract. You know, it just surprised me that that he's gone so early. So, you know, whether it is health issues, which we never know about, um, or or whether it's something that the club direction um, has not pleased him, so he said, "Oh, I'm, I'm, I'm off." I, you know, just there's that little question mark that I'm not too sure about. But um, you know, like I said, it, it'd be sadly missed. Do you think uh, the, the fact that they announced it when they did was because um, they were trying to keep it quiet, and then somehow it, it, internally maybe it, it had got out, and they figured, well, if they want to keep control of the whole publicity machine related to it that the only way they could do that was to announce it when they did that was one of my thoughts that you know they were like you say they were almost forced someone was going to leak it on, yeah. on the papers or something and they they had to make a decision and they didn't plan to make it at this stage but i've also um heard um obviously reading a lot about it over the last few days that they could have been like 
this will act as an incentive because the players and everyone knows and the fans and everyone connected with Liverpool Football Club know that he's only got four months left now and it maybe will spur them on to, you know, go out at the top, you know, with another uh, Premier League and, um, you know, and win some of the other uh, cup competitions as well. Yeah, well, well, they got to press the new manager as well, haven't they, now? You know, it's always a chance to, you know, if you're not one of the first picks as such, it's, it's a chance to, you know, get yourself a good name for the new manager. Well, of course, they've still got to come to Old Trafford yet. And I feel a 7-0 coming on. <laughs> oh, for, Li- for Liverpool again? No, not for Liverpool again. <laughs> you're, you're, of an, you're an optimistic Man United fan, AD. Yeah, definitely, mate. Never never give in, mate. Never give in. That's the way. But, um, yeah, no, it's, it's, it is a kind of a watershed moment, isn't it, in, in the season, certainly. And, uh, yeah, it'd be interesting to see how, how it affects Manchester City as well because... You know, are they going to be thinking, well, we've got this in the bag now because Liverpool are gold or pot? Or are they going to be thinking, well, Liverpool are going to be extra, extra difficult to beat now because they want to win it for Jürgen? don't know. It's an interesting scenario, isn't it? Certainly going to be a fun running, for sure. Hmm. Well, yeah, I mean, if they get stuff 7-0, I mean, imagine what that effect that's going to have on Jürgen. He's going to be even more under pressure then, isn't he? You're such a dreamer. You're such a dreamer. Yeah, I know, mate. I know. <laughs> I've got to have something to keep me going, you know? That's the thing. <laughs> anyway, um, shall we move on to Yeovil Town now? Uh, now, I don't like to revel in this, but when we were talking last week about the uh, predictable result, there was a few 2 nils floating about, and I can remember my head sticking up and saying, I've got a nasty feeling it's going to be 1-1. And I proved uh, I was right. So, um, who actually went? Did it? You went, didn't you, Gavin? Yeah, I was on comms. Yeah. Yeah. What was it like? Well, we were unchanged from the uh, Hemel game the week before. So, no surprise there because we'd uh, played well then at home. So, uh, Yeovil started off first 20 minutes. It was just all Yeovil. They couldn't get the ball out of their half. Um, St. Albans. And then... Uh, we were sort of breaking the offside trap. Pearson carrying on from his um, good second debut last week. Had a couple of half chances and there was like some decent saves and desperate defending. And then um, we actually did score. Another Pearson and Jordan Young this time broke the offside trap and Pearson played it in. Jordan Young scored. And then Jordan Young, he could have had about a, he could have had a first first half hat trick all by his own. Just no exaggeration. There was one when he. Uh, was played in again. I think it was one or played a long diagonal from centre half, like he does, across to the right. Jordan Young cut in on his left foot. It was quite a tight angle, but it did go off the post. But unfortunately, it hit the inside of the post and went all the way along the goal and was then hat clear. And then there was a awful back pass by their left back, just on the blind back pass to the keeper. Didn't even look. And Jordan Young was between keeper and goal and he got the ball but he rushed that one unfortunately he got the ball out his feet and then he sort of smacked it straight away when he could have took it in five or ten yards and got closer in on the on the goal to have a closer um distance so um and then there was other chances for um you know all the flair players were really good movement like the home game last saturday frank newblay sunny blue low everton pearson again and um they didn't really have a looking really St Albans in the first half and then right at the start of the second big diagonal ball across and there was 
I don't know where the left back was or the the left central defender, and he just stooped in their striker, their top scorer, Mitchell Vice. He just got a stooping header, and Joe Day was fuming with his well, not just the defence, the whole team. And uh, and then after that, it was a very much a uh, very much a even Steven second half. And um, St Alban, we were hanging on a bit at the end when we lost Michael Smith to a hamstring injury, which was also a blow because we haven't really got a natural right back cover at the moment and uh so all in all because uh, both sides are um i think they're both unbeaten in uh in the year so far and both sides uh, i think probably on the reflection was a was a fair result and um both sides come away with a point it's a bit worrying that michael smith's got injured though because he's been in ever present and uh certainly they've the, you know the defense has looked sort of pretty much uh unbeatable really isn't it yeah well they brought on um uh, Jay Fulston first, and they went to uh, three centre halves, and um, Sam Pearson come back temporarily to uh, right wing back, and Alex Witter was on the left. But then almost immediately, two or three minutes later, they made their final change and brought Will Dawes on, and we sort of went back to a flat back four then. And uh, Will Dawes, even though he's predominantly left footed, he was playing uh, right back, but it was only it was quite late when. Smithy done his hamstring, so it was about five minutes plus about another five minutes of injury time. So, um, yeah, so there, there is a because at the start of the season it was Morgan Williams was right back, but then eventually Mark Cooper moved him into the middle with um, Jake Wano, and they formed a really solid centre back pairing. So you wouldn't want to split them up, uh, you know, with immediate, you know, look for any of the games which starting with Slough tomorrow night. So, um, yeah, I don't know who's going to go right back, whether he changes the formation, plays wing backs, or whether he uh, sticks to a flat ball. Jamie Sendles White, who me and Thorpe done the game at Western, didn't we, Paul? And he um, had a good game there and actually scored a thing. And then he went off with an injury at halftime, but that was way back at the start of September. And he's uh, he's had his injuries, woes, and uh, operation. And he's only just back. He wasn't in the squad on Saturday, but he's only just been a back in the squad so he would be if he was fit and had been playing he would be the natural replacement the right back but I don't know if he was just 17th 18th man on Saturday or whether he's he's got another knock in training well I see they've they've signed uh Ollie Thomas has returned to uh Hewish Park from Bristol City on loan uh, I don't know what position he plays do you know yeah he's he's a striker he was with us for the first month or so of season I think he scored two or three goals in about six or seven appearances quite lively coming off the bench couple of starts but then he got recalled by bristol city and ended up at newport but um because in mark cooper's um press conference after the game we knew jake hyde was out because he got injured last saturday in the home game but reese murphy got injured in the last stages at taunton returned to training and then he felt something and um after a couple of days back training he went for a scan and he's out um well, Mark Cooper's words for the foreseeable, both of them. So we needed, um, even though we brought Sam Pearson in recently, we needed another striker to uh, complement Frank Newblay to go along with all our like sort of, um, you know, ones in the attacking three like uh, Pearson and um, Jordan Young, etc., to uh, supplement that. So uh, at least, um, at least you could say we've acted quickly to uh, yeah, bring in yeah. reinforcements because there's still quite a few games to go. Thorpey, what did you think? Did you expect you would to draw that? No, I, I think I said I, I felt there was enough in the um, in the squad to just nick it. You know, I thought I, I think I went for a one nil, but um, 
Yeah, but yeah, I, I, they should have been out of sight. I watched the highlights. They should have been out of sight in the first half. They had that many, well, Jordan Young had that many chances. And um, yeah, he normally shows that bit more composure. And uh, he rushed a couple and got unlucky a couple of times where he made a decent save. And um, yeah, that one where he went off the, off the inside of the post. But um, they, I think they should have really won that game and um, you know pushed ahead. But listen, they, they've still got two games in hand on second place, so they can still go 16 points clear, uh, which, which would be a, a great feat if they can achieve that. Yeah, well, I would have thought 16 points is going to be a hell of a chance to, to get that back, isn't it, for anybody, really? Well, I think I said before that it, it, with the possibility of other teams you know, beating each other around them, it, it's almost like it could be you know, uh, 18, 20 points. Like, so just got to make sure they can keep that, that gap there and... Um, you know, and then as close as they get to it, then uh, hopefully they'll relax more and, and and finish the job off. But I see we've got two away games coming up now. Maidstone, who could well be um, on a high, I would imagine, if they're still feeling that way when we play them. Um, so, you know, that's that's not going to be easy, is it, away at Maidstone? I think that's a plastic pitch as well down there, isn't it? I think it is plastic, yeah. Which yeah, still, uh, it is. Still... I went there last year, yeah. 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 So, I mean, that, 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 that represents a, real, a threat, doesn't tough, it? Yeah. yeah, that's a real tough game. That's a real tough game. Man, it's an, uh, Tom, Tom must have played at Maidstone. It's a real tough place to go to. And um, I think I only played there in, in the youth team years ago. They used oh, to be the South East Counties to start with. Right. Were one of the furthest journeys, them and Norwich were bloody Ipswich. So, Kent, isn't it? Yeah. Um, I, I, I went there with Yeovil. And um, when they used to have a left winger, he used to trip himself up and get loads of penalties. And uh, he did it that night uh, alongside me. A little tosser, excuse my French, but um, and I was nowhere near him. Like, but uh, yeah, he picked up a, a penalty from that. Like, but very, very difficult. You were nowhere near him all game. I heard. Sorry. So I heard you were nowhere near him all game. Yeah, probably. <laughs> he speaks very highly of you, though, Thorpe. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, I was none too pleased that night. So. Um, but uh, yeah, it's, it's, it, that's a real difficult one. So hopefully, they can get some decent points. Um, up at Slough, get three points there, and if they got a, a draw against Maidstone, I think that'd be a really good result up there. But Tommy, um, you know, I, I guess we, we've got to compliment um, Martin Hellier because he hasn't hesitated when when something like the the Reece Murphy situation has developed, he, they've straight in and got somebody in to replace him. Which, you know, some managers might have said, "Well, now you've you've had all your new players, now you're going to have to make do." Yeah, I think he's um, from the bits I've heard and seen of him. He he seems like he's um, got his finger on the pulse, and I think he, he he knows how he wants to run the club. And you know, looking at it, it seems that they've probably got a list of people in a few positions. Hopefully, they have where if something like this happens, they know they're going to bring or who 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 they're going to go for to replace that person straight away. So, I mean, that is fantastic news, isn't it? Really, if you you know if they if they have if they're acting that way that you know. Whilst they may think they've done their um, work and got the players in that they need, like you said, if something happens unexpectedly, you have to react. Um, and being in the position that they're in, this you cannot allow to, you know, just expect things are going to happen. You have to keep your finger on the pulse and, and make sure you get promoted, not just hope that you can get yourself over the line. You've got to, you've got to stay well ahead of the pack and, and make sure you get. Um, you know, what the end goal is, and that's obviously promotion. Were you at Yeovil when they won the conference? Yeah. 
So, if my memory serves me correctly, we had a fairly healthy lead, didn't we, in the conference when we won the league? Well, I was there, but I literally played about the first two games of that season, got injured and was out. Um, so, yeah, I think we'd gone quite far clear and we'd scored a ridiculous amount of goals, but um, yeah, I think it happens quite a lot in the conference, doesn't it? A team go clear and then sort of hang on or, you know... But I just, wondered, I just wondered as a player... All right, you were injured at the time, so might be a slightly different viewpoint. But um, you know, what did you feel? Did you feel that it was all going nicely, and we were we were almost there when we were still five, six games left to go? Yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, in fairness, I did the two years before when we had, you know, I thought we were going to catch Rushton um, yeah. when we had all the games in hand, and we didn't. Um, I think again, it, it partly goes down to confidence and what you're like as a player you know some people are just pessimistic in life pessimistic as pessimistic as footballers and, and some aren't um i think you know if you're in that position you, you should have the confidence because you know you're top of the league for a reason and you know i think footballers generally are pretty confident in their ability and like i said if you're winning games i think that's also another factor if you're winning games regularly then obviously you know you you would be confident to know that you're going to see it through or get over the line. I think it's when you're struggling to win games and maybe if you're not scoring goals that you can start to look and think, you know, are we going to, are we going to blow this? Um, you know, like we had the was a thing, didn't we? When, when we were top, the, the rumors of him going to Ruston and yeah. he had a bad hamstring and, and Barrington Belgrave's got scoring and, and we couldn't seem to win a game for a bit, uh, a little bit. Um, but yeah, like I said, I think for me, if you're winning games and scoring goals, then your your confidence should be high. Yeah, yeah, definitely. But um, as I said, one's got to be impressed at the way he he, he does act quickly. Definitely. Um, you know, I mean that that's must make the supporters feel that we we've got the right man at the helm, which I'm sure everybody does think that now. Yeah, on another level, I know it's you know like going too far here, but it's it's a bit sort of like Brighton, isn't it? They seem to sell these players and they off they go, and then bang, another one comes along with conveyor belt. So again, I'm not comparing Yeovil to Brighton quite just yet, but it, it, at that level, you know, he's he seems to have it looks like certainly appears like between him and the manager, Mister Cooper, that they've you know they've they've got a plan for eventualities. So. But when you Good look at the number reason. of players up front that we've got, I mean, you've got Frank Nouble, you've got Jake Hyde, you've got Jordan um, Jordan Young, and uh, now this Ollie Thomas, um, Sam Pearson. We ought to have enough strikers, goal scorers within the team to be able to, you know, keep going without too much of disruption. I would have thought, wouldn't you? Well, it definitely looks that way. Yeah, um, yeah. Like you said, I think I think I've seen Nouble's been scoring quite a few lately. So yeah, you know. If, if people keep scoring, um, every reason to be confident. After the last few seasons uh, where scoring was a problem, this season it's um, it hasn't been a problem. We've been you know scoring goals from all all areas of the pitch. Yeah, absolutely, and long may it continue. Really, that's the point. But uh, it's I think next weekend could be a little bit of a, a you know a, yeah, I was going to say a watershed, but one hopes that they can. Is it next week or is it the week after? Yeah, third, third, third of third. Yeah, we got we got slow tomorrow night at home. Rearranged yeah, from yeah. the FA Cup run when we were still in the cup, and then uh, next Saturday we go to Maidstone. Yeah, so next Saturday is the one, isn't it? Really, 
you, you could look at it though they they might have one eye you know don't want to get injured because they've got a big fa cup game coming up and they want to have got one eye on that or you might think you know we just beat an ipswich away you may well be a premier league side come next season yeah. so yeah. they might be on the absolute cloud nine and they might be absolutely buzzing still and they might you know there'd be a big crowd there i don't know what they're doing for tickets because it's away and they got sheffield was it sheffield's wednesday, wednesday away? Yeah. that's wednesday right away isn't it yeah so they're probably disappointed they haven't got one of the big premiership boys but it's still two big clubs and yeah. um, they might be doing a ticket offer or something might so it might be a yeah. full house down there, which we, again will add pressure on there, on Yeovil because we'll be playing in front of a um, passionate home home support. But but having said that, when when these non-league sites, well, I say non-league, well yeah they are non-league, aren't they? But uh, I was uh, and looking at Newport last night, uh, how they managed to get to be two all, I really don't know. Um, but generally, something to you... do with scoring two goals. Is it? Is that what? Uh, you know, I couldn't uh, work that out, Tom. I really couldn't. Um, <laughs> well, all these years, you, you haven't uh, figured that out yet. Now I've got, well, you've, you've answered all my prayers with that. Um, but no, joking aside, uh, you do often find, though, that after they have one of these fantastic wins like they did against Ipswich, that then, you know, they're all hyped up for the next game and it all goes badly wrong. So, um, yeah, we'll have to see how it all goes, really, won't we? Yeah, yes, I don't, I don't game, think they've got a game, game tomorrow. Yeah, like you said, get, get the slow game out of the way first. See, hopefully get get a result at home to them and then... Mm. Yeah. That's a free hit, but obviously, you know, and then a point away at me soon is not a bad result, is it? After that. One game at a time, as they always say. Yeah. The old scenario. That's, that's right, though, isn't it? Because you can't you can't summarise what, what your score is going to be for the future. You've just got to concentrate on the next game. and yeah. It's absolutely right. You, you know, you take one game at a time and... Get yourself ready because every time you play a football game, you get a different scenario turn up, and uh, um, you know, and a different problem to try and solve. And it's up to it's up to the manager of, and the assistant manager obviously see that problem. But it's also really important that the players take control of these situations and uh, work it out for themselves as well. I mean, you know, the, the, with um, you know, and having a few leaders out there, it's really going to be important uh, going into the uh, the finishing games of the season. This is one of our games in hand tomorrow because there's Chelmsford, Western Supermare tonight. Chelmsford, are, I think they're third or fourth. And then there's only two games on Tuesday ourselves and then Welling v Hampton and Richmond, another club up in the uh, playoff mix. So um, hopefully come 10 o'clock tomorrow night, we'll be have our lead back up to 13 points and still with a game in hand on Worthing. Yeah. yeah. Second. That would be pretty good, wouldn't it, really? But uh, talking of players... Um, before we move on to look at the FA Cup, um, Tom, what do you think about Marcus Rashford? I don't know what's. I haven't heard if anything's happened today, but uh, I know he went. He went to the ground this morning, apparently, so-called to to be uh, called over the coals. What do you make of it? Well, I, we don't know the full story, and I certainly don't know the full story. But I think he was over there wanting to see an old friend, and he was supposed to get. From what I'm told, he was supposed to catch the flight back. He didn't get on that flight and he stayed another night, tried to get or got a private jet back and then rang in sick for training. Um, it's, if I'm honest, it's absolutely shocking um, that he's been paid 350000 he, he ain't putting a shift in on the pitch. He looks miserable every time he comes off. It's almost as if 
someone sort of with going in his ear, oh, you had a great game, and he hasn't. It's just, I don't know what he's believing because he's not playing well at all, far from it. Um, you know, he, he doesn't look half the player that he was at times last season. Um, yet he's trying to live like the life of someone who is the king of the country and the king of the club. I mean, it's, for me, it's you can do that if you're performing, but he's, he's not performing and he doesn't perform on a consistent basis. I mean, yeah, I, just can't, I just don't get it. I just don't get it. Um, I think you've said it, Tom. I mean, if he's performing, this is not a this is not an issue. No, do what you want. You know, like George Beston. You know, like Rodney Marsh and that. They used to, when they were at Fulham. They used to go out and enjoy themselves. But they got on that pitch. They performed. I was watching something on uh, TikTok the other day, and it was a, a Fulham game. And um, the work rate of those two players alone was absolutely phenomenal. Yeah. And um, you know, and and you don't mind them going out and enjoying themselves, and uh, if they're performing like they work and working as hard as they do. But you know, I, I put something on Facebook the other day, and uh, it was a picture of um, Kenny Dalglish score uh, celebrating a goal, and Marcus Rashford, and and I said, you know, where where's the where's his enjoyment gone? Where's the where's the Rashford that you used to see with the massive smile on his face? And then, like Tom said, he's gone, isn't it? Yeah, it does. He hasn't been before. I mean, look, in fairness, like last season he was good. Season before he was diabolical. This season he's been diabolical. So mm. you can't, you can't, you can't just turn it on or off unless you're trying. Simple for that type of player, you know, yeah. he's not trying. This he's not working hard enough. Whatever he's doing, the mix of his social life, his effort in training, the way he's living his life, where he's eating, drinking, whatever he's doing, is not working. And yeah. it's down to him and him only. It's no one else. You know, you, you decide in the morning how much effort you're going to put in when you go training. Nobody else. And he's not doing it. He's simply not yeah. doing that. Question for you then. You catching on him now? It's, it's a bit of a How much is that? I mean, I'm catching on him, yeah, but I don't even know what he's worth at the moment, to be honest with you. You know? But young. For me, you need, you need triers, and he ain't trying. So, what's the point? But it does seem a bit odd that... Uh, this dip in form seems to have coincided with his 350 grand um, pay rise that he's got, doesn't it? Um, it's, it's almost like, in a way, that, I don't know if Tom would probably say the same, but it's almost like, in a way, he played really well last you know, last season and all of a sudden he's got his contract and now he's gone, well, I've got the contract now, I'm fine. Yeah. So he's, he's had a dip in form again, like, I, which he's not I on. Mean, people play on that a lot and it. I'm not saying it winds me up, but... It's probably coincidental. I don't think it's necessary because two years before that he had a bad season and then there was no end of a contract then. Um, but I get why people throw that opinion out there and, and I'm not saying they're wrong to, but it's not as simple as that. But for me, like I said, the overall, you know, because he could have gone somewhere else, a Paris Saint-Germain or whatever and got stupid money. It's not just the money. Um, mm. But like I said, for me, the fundamental issue is he doesn't put a shift in he doesn't try you just watch look, and I know he's a baller he doesn't want to head it and kick it like you know rubbish footballers do or don't but the ball comes to him anywhere around his head neck body shoulders he don't even put a, don't even put a shoulder to shoulder in don't, don't even want it don't want to win the ball you yeah. know there's just yeah. no effort I just I just if I was on their coaching staff I'd sit down with him even if I wasn't asked to by Ter Eric Ten Hag and I put a compilation of the amount of times they 
don't go for a ball and just sit down with Morris and go, there you are, what's that? Yeah. You know, start with three hundred fifty thousand pound now. You're going to give me ten thousand pound every time you don't try for the ball after this game. See how much you got left. Yeah, you know what I mean, you've got to find a way of getting through to him that it's not it's not okay to bottle out of things and duck out and not make an effort for challenges because it affects the game. Um. Anyway, it's but Martial's the same. Absolute dire when it comes to putting an effort into to winning a a, yeah. a challenge that you're a favourite for. It's not like you know all. You know, this guy's this guy's a man and you're a young boy and you're gonna lose, you're gonna get hurt. You're a man, he's a man, your favourite to win the challenge. Go for it. What's the matter with you? It's interesting to see that uh, Anthony yesterday at last put a shift in. I don't know what suddenly jolted him into action or not, but certainly he scored a goal, he set a goal up, he certainly played a lot better than I've seen him play for weeks and weeks now. Yeah, well, again it I don't mind Anthony. I think I, I'm not saying that I don't think he's a non-trier. I just things haven't quite worked for him. But um, you know, you might be looking at it saying, you know, Eric Ten Hag or someone on the staff might have looked at him and said, "Look, you are running out of time and and, and lives here. You know, you really got. To, yeah, it's not you're not bedding in anymore. You know, Sancho's gone. You you need to step up. Um, Rashford's not here. I need you, and you need to step up and become a player that we hoped and thought you could be." Do you, you need one chance at this. Do you know what I mean? You look back in years gone by and think, well, I blew that. Yeah, no, yeah. true enough, true enough. Well, should we have a look at the FA Cup now, then? Because there's a few interesting results in there. Uh, yes, let's do. Let's chat about something to pick us up a bit. Yeah. <laughs> All right, well, we, better, we better start with Sheffield. Pick me up. <laughs> Sheffield United 2, Brighton and Ove Albion 5. What, what are your thoughts on that? Thorpe, what did you make of that game? Well, it was a hell of a game, absolutely hell of a game, and uh, um, I, I just really enjoyed it. I mean, Sheffield United did, did put a good shift in, and um, you know worked really, really hard, and there was some good attacking uh, play from both teams. It was just that the Brighton were just a lot more clinical, really, and um, it even went right through the end when Welbeck scored in the ninety seventh minute, like to uh, you know to, to 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 probably finish it off, like, but. Um, no, I, I I enjoyed it. Um, bloody good, bloody good FA Cup tie, to be honest with you. And um, you know, and uh, later on, I looked at the highlights and watched it through again. It was a um, really, really enjoyable game. And um, you know, I, I just I just love the competition. I just think it's fantastic. And um, I think this this uh, round really showed that up. It showed that you know the underdogs coming through, and you know, good good uh, attacking play right right through. A couple of I see a couple of. Um, nil nilers but you know it was generally I thought a fantastic uh, round and um, yeah and this was in fact a very very good game do you my think only that, annoyance... uh... sorry Gab go on I was just going to say my only annoyance from that game was that Joe Pedro got a hat trick and it's no and the, I've got him in my fan, fantasy Premier League team so uh, yeah. <laughs> no points because yeah. it was a FA Cup game <laughs> well that's the way it goes mate I see that the Birmingham City bounce seems to have bounced away because they got a bit of a stuffing at Leicester. Yeah, but Leicester, yeah, are playing well, Leicester are playing well, so no, there was no real surprise, I, I don't think, there. The Leicester at home, you know, in front of their home crowd, they're playing good football. And, um, you know, it was, the second goal was was critical for them, really. And... Um, um, I just, I just felt that, they, that that was always going to be the case. I thought they'd win quite comfortably, and they did. 
Yeah, what did you think, Tom? Yeah, I didn't see the game. I'm not, I'm not sure what how strong a side uh, Birmingham put out either. But um, yeah, I think like Thorpe said there. I think if if you if you were placing a bet on a game, you definitely would have fancied Leicester pretty strongly. Um, I know Vardy. Vardy scored the first, so I'm assuming he started because he hasn't been starting lately. So they might have even given a few a game. I've had so many games lately, Leicester as well. Um, I think it's interesting that apparently, um, I think it's Brighton actually, funny enough, the last two teams we've been chatting about, we're looking at that Dewsbury Hall at the moment, but I think Leicester will be mad playing. to sell him. Playing very well. Yeah, he's playing very well. Yeah, this this time of year, bear in mind where they're at in their league, I think they'll be mad to sell him. But He really has stepped up to the plate, Dewsbury Hall. He's taken his form for the Premiership and uh, he's playing it really, really well in, 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 the cha- in the Championship, like really good. And adding goals to his game as well. He's scored quite yeah. a few goals on either yeah. I know he's I know he's gone down back to championship, but he, he's certainly um making more as well as assists, getting on the score sheet as well. I think he just shows that a player playing with confidence what what you can achieve and if you can take that and to the next level, you know, then um he will be really one of the top top stars. What about Leeds United and Plymouth? I would have thought Leeds were nailed on for that one, but uh, apparently not. Yeah, Plymouth are a funny side, aren't they? Um, I do keep an eye on them. That Whitaker has been scoring a lot for them. I don't know, again, if he started um, at the weekend. But yeah, Leeds, Leeds have been scoring a lot of goals. Um, just looking at their team now, I think it looks like they might have rested quite a few uh, Leeds. So um, no Bamford. Um uh, a few others, Cresswell, Furpo. So it looked like it looked like Leeds rested a few, um, gave gave a few people a game. So um, maybe that's part of the reason why that might come back to bite and then all the way down to Plymouth on a Tuesday or Wednesday night. So you yeah. won't regret that. Yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, but Plymouth for no mugs. They're they're a funny side. Been all their own. Yeah, we're just looking. I was just seeing whether Joe Edwards is still there. He's still there, but he was on yeah. the bench. Yeah. He's captain as well, isn't he? I think. Is he? He's club, he is club captain, yeah. yeah. But he doesn't yeah. always start, does he? Yeah, no. Oh, well, good player Joe was for us anyway. They, they, I've got to say, they played really well. They they came back into that game. Um, they scored in the 73rd minute of uh, Randall. But, I mean, they 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 really coped really well with uh, Leeds. I know, let's say, like a depleted team, possibly Leeds. But they're they're on a crest of the wave at the moment. And they're... they're uh, confidence going through that club um, you know I thought this was going to be a difficult game for Plymouth but they really did play well hmm. well Daniel Farker seems to be doing something right at least doesn't he yeah, yeah absolutely you know listen it's a big football club it's a massive football club and um, you know it, it, being manager of, of Leeds United comes with a lot of pressure you know we I've been up to to watch them a couple of times with a Palamon, and um, and he, and 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 they they really are quite. They put a lot of pressure on the manager there to perform. They know how big they are. They want to get back to 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 the you know the, the Premiership, the dizzy heights, and show what a good good team they can be. You know, and that's been a difficult club to run for for many years. So um, the pressures there are big. So yeah, he's doing a good job. Well, I hope they keep going because. Uh... Our one and only appetizer supports Leeds, so as long as he's happy, I'm happy. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, moving on then to this one round the bottom, Fulham and Newcastle. I, I must admit, I was quite surprised at that. I thought Fulham would have put up more of a show at home than, 
than Newcastle. Did, did, you, did you feel the same way? I didn't see this one, that, to be honest, because I was on my way back from St Albans still, so uh, yeah, I've only seen yeah. the score. Yeah, I, 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 I was um, partially tipsy by the time this game came on. <laughs> it's Saturday um, night, Tom, why not? Well, it was my birthday Friday, so and oh, I, was there Ill, you go. I was ill all week, so I celebrated it Saturday and Sunday. Uh, but yeah, so sorry, yeah, I was out for this game, and yeah, I agree with you, Eddie. Um, I, I, I had an eye on a draw for that game. I thought Fulham, especially after two sort of tightish games with Liverpool, I thought Fulham would have put more of a fight than they did. I think Newcastle, um, whilst stats sort of wise, it looks quite close. Um, watching the game, Newcastle didn't really look like they were in much trouble, really. No. Uh, which I thought, yeah, like you said, I thought Fulham would have given them a bit more of a run for their money. Especially with some of the big clubs having gone out, you know, like Tottenham playing Man City and mm. Villa yeah. playing Aston, uh, Villa playing Chelsea and obviously one of them is going to go out and, you know, a little bit of luck with the draw and you find yourself in the semi-final, so. Yeah, that's right. Um, Fulham, Fulham at Liverpool played really, really well in the first half. Mm. Very, very well and um, deserved really to be 1-0 up. Second half, they got turned right over, to be fair, I think. And, uh, we're under a lot of pressure, you know. Um, I think maybe those games are just taking their toll on their squad, like, and they're a bit tired. Mm -hmm. But um, yeah, I, I just think Newcastle just did a good job on them. You know, people like Longstaff. I think he's he's sort of like underrated a little bit, and uh, his work rate that he he, uh, he gets through is, is actually um, quite impressive. And then, of course, Byrne, our good old friend uh, Mr. Byrne, he he's always comes up with a goal now and again, doesn't he? And um, he, he he was there always now and then. Yeah, poachers goal like, and uh, you know, finished it off. I'm surprised he doesn't score more goals when you look at the size of him. You know, for set piece corners and that. Have you even thought it would have? Uh, yeah, a bit, a bit like Gordon McQueen used to be when he played for Leeds. You know, he was he was always scoring goals from corners, wasn't he? Yeah, but I think the opposition know about his height, don't they? So they're gonna yeah. goal is gonna have one eye on coming to get crosses anywhere near him and. Yeah. You know, he probably gets marked by the best defender from the other team because they need to height up match, height for height. Well, next up we've got Everton Luton. Uh, last minute goal for Luton. Um, I suppose that's uh, that could make a big difference to their uh, their Premier League survival. I would have thought lifting lifts them a bit. I would have thought against you know away away win against Everton. What do you think, Tom? Yeah, they're they're not on a bad roll, Luton. To be honest, I think. Um, you know, even early on in the season when they were losing, it was only by the odd goal a lot of times, and they seem to really have a go. Um, you know, if if they do go down, I think their fans can, you know, they look back and probably think that you know that was quite exciting, and we had a go. We weren't we weren't battered every week. We didn't let in fives and sixes and sevens, and you know, I think they can be really proud of their manager, their staff, and and their and their squad. Um, and they're far from down yet, don't get me wrong. But yeah, like you're saying, it, hopefully that gives them a bit of something to play for, doesn't it? And it gives them, more importantly, potentially, it could give them a few games in hand later on down the line to see what they need um, if it becomes tight at a relegation battle, you know? What about Everton, Thorpey? What do you make of them? They, they worked hard and played some, you know, some, some nice football. But um, I just think... I, I just enjoy watching Luton at the moment, and um, I was actually quite pleased for them. They uh, they got the win here because you know Everton. He's he's trying to sort of build some uh, camaraderie there, and one of the things that would have really helped him would have been a little bit of a cup run. 
But, um, you know, he, he's so, yeah, he put out a decent squad. Um, obviously, definitely went for the win. And um, I say, although it came in the 96th minute, um, I was actually quite pleased when um, Luton scored the, the winner because, uh, you know, I've, I've enjoyed watching them play. And one thing I really, really do hope, I hope they can somehow, somehow, I hope they can actually stay up. Remind me a little bit of Yeovil when they were in the Championship. Played some amazing football, Yeovil did when they were in the Championship. They just couldn't get over the line staying up. But um, hopefully uh, Luton can, can get that one step further and um, how, however they do do it, actually stay stay in the Premiership. Well, going back to Yeovil in the, in the uh, Championship, when you, when you look back on some of the games, I mean, uh, away to Bolton. Uh, no, not Bolton, was it Bolton? Yeah, it was Bolton, I think. Um, uh, they scored a goal uh, by going over the goal line and crossing it in and the referee didn't see it well that was one match that they should have certainly got a point from then there was that home game against Luton uh, not Luton, Leicester when uh, uh, there was a clearly an offside goal I mean there was several times when you know you looked at the oval and thought how unlucky can they get but it seems yeah. to be the, the, the sort of situation you get when you're in that position you're down the bottom you're desperate for some luck and it never comes your way, does it? Going a bit nah. going a bit off piece there. I'm not sure if you had this down as your next topic, AD. And if you didn't, just say you did, because it sounded good. Um <laughs> Did you you talking about about them not noticing the ball gone out of play? I, I didn't fully hear the story today, but they replay the game in Anderlecht because there was a decision gone wrong. Is that right? Really? Apparently, yeah. I think it was a I think it was a cup game, I'm not sure. I think there was a cup game, so it must be Belgian League, Anderlecht. And either a penny was given and it shouldn't have been or the other way round. And the, the clubs have agreed to replay the game. Huh. Really? Wow. Yeah. That's interesting. Yeah. What, no didn't VAR know. there then? So you didn't have it down on your list then? No, 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 I didn't, no. <laughs> what, the whole game, Tom? Or just, yeah. just yeah, on no, the they're point? Gonna, they're gonna, apparently they're oh. going to replay the game. Again, I'll... I'll I'm eight nine percent sure that was what they said, but I only picked it up on radio. But I was kind of because they were saying this this could set a presidency if obviously people start doing this. I mean, how they're letting them do that, I don't quite know. But it's been agreed. So what did they that. review the VAR footage and yeah. realise it was wrong? Yeah, apparently, or 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 even if the VAR footage because the VAR the VAR footage could have been right, but the decisions given by the people operating it could have been wrong. Um, yeah, I, I'll be honest, yeah. I haven't looked it up, so um, I wasn't quite sure um, where it had come from, but def definitely talking about that. Yeah, so they, they well, they drew two all with someone um, at the weekend, but I don't know. I must, I always say that, you know, if you're a, yeah, yeah. a football sorry, manager just... and you you have to rely on the the uh, competence of the referee and you get so many mistakes, made. I mean, I know referees are human and they don't set out to try and upset people by making the wrong decision. But nonetheless, you know, it must be, you know, if you've got a job and you've got a huge mortgage and you're a, you're a manager and then a referee goes and drops one, you know, it must be it must be sickening, really. Sorry, I just got it up here. It says misapplication yeah. of the laws. The VAR error leads to full replay of a Belgium act. Genk have denied, were denied a penalty uh, retake. It, yeah, in the defeat at uh, Anderlecht, rule is believed that it's the first of its kind in European football. So, yeah. But it, can you believe we've got VAR there? How they've not... Yeah, so they, uh, they asked for another game and it's been upheld. Now, it was in October. The Premier League refused to... 
Wow. Oh, no, sorry, now they're on about the Liverpool-Tottenham bit. So they were saying that Liverpool uh, beat Tottenham, mistakenly taking that goal. Well, it's, it's certainly made precedence that they, uh, that they, if they do replay that the game, that would be quite incredible, wouldn't it? Yeah. So the gate, the, the game goes back. Sorry, I know we're wittering there, but it's, the game goes back to December the twenty third. So um, they lost two one to Anderlecht, and Genk filed a complaint with the Belgian referee department, uh, an incorrect VAR decision, and now they're going to replay the game. Wow! It does make a mockery of VAR, doesn't it? It really does. Just get rid of it as soon as possible, as far as I'm concerned. Yeah. yeah. Well, when you get, you know, clangers being dropped like that, I mean, it's terrible, I think. But uh... anyway, moving on to uh, top of the list, which I've now lost because I've come off the screen, which is. Um, hang on. Hang on, hang on, hang on. Uh, no, we're on to the Sunday ones now, I think. I mean, no, Ipswich, that's right. Ipswich versus Maidstone. Well, we talked a little bit about that. They're obviously going to be on a high when they play Yeovil, so uh be interesting to see how it all develops, won't it? Yeah, yeah, like you said, no doubt I'll have um, been celebrating a little bit, especially within a Saturday afternoon kickoff. So Yeah. Um, yeah, but like um, Gavin was saying there, they, they've got no midweek game. This week, so they'll they'll go straight into their game against Yeovil, freshish, I suppose. Yeah. I think what was, I think what shone out in this game is the actual quality of the finishing. I just think that, you know, for for players of, of that level of football, the quality and the composure that they showed in their finishing, um, I, I just thought was outstanding, and certainly would bring those type of players to the forefront, really, of maybe a move to a higher level because. You know, that's, that's, that it was so impressive how they uh, were so clinical in their finishing. That first goal from Maidstone by Reynolds, that, you know, calmly clipped it over the keeper, didn't he, as he rushed yeah. out? That was his yeah. first goal for Maidstone. Yeah. In about, he's been, I think it was Braintree joined from in the summer, 26th appearance, something like that. And he was playing like he's already got 15, 20 for the season. It was such a post finish in a, in a massive game. You're almost thinking, like, why has he not scored more goals for finishing like that? Yeah, exactly. Plus, you've got to look at the the, uh, the Newport County goals. If you're talking about good quality goals, because that first one where they volleyed it in, the hell of a goal, I thought. Well, to be fair, the second goal with the, you know the coming up down good play in the midfield went down the left hand side, you know, really whipped a, a low crossing, and uh, it was a great finish and. Um, you know, I personally watching the game, I thought they were actually, you know, to be fair, they've stayed in the game, which is hard enough against the top side like Man United, and um, you know, they got their just rewards. Shame they couldn't have just finished it off, but there we go. I mean, that's that's the type of class, that's the type of class you get in 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 Premier League sides, isn't it? That they can just turn a game like that. Well, as I said earlier, at least Anthony did something to contribute to the victory, which was okay. Um, Rasmus. Yeah. You know, got a goal, which was uh, kind of a determination, really, wasn't it? it? It was a bit scrappy in some respects, but at least he was still there battling to make sure he got a shot away, wasn't he? I don't know. I mean, Tom will tell you like, as well. Like, I, when when you got strikers that score ugly goals, you can always score great goals and whatever. But when it, for me, when you've got a, a striker scoring ugly goals like that, I'm happy as Larry. Absolutely happy as Larry because you know. He, 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 it, it's it's those type of goals that, that sort of keep pushing you up the leagues and um, the fact of the matter is he's there you know he, his determination won the ball and he slotted away nicely 
Yeah, it gives it gives you the um, sort of the no not know how but the, the expectation that he might create his own goal out of something. Yeah. Where it's not yeah. just it's not just sort of team goals or whatever you think. You know, even if you know we've all misplaced passes or, or headers or whatever, and you think, well, if I just get it in and around him, he might make something happen. Um, you know, and and kind of that's what he's done a little bit. And he, like you said, he battles and he gets his arms out and he's trying to battle away and, and obviously things happen for him. So, yeah, yeah it gives you the confidence to, uh, get, like I said, get the ball in and around him, see what happens. I must admit, I don't know if you thought it, Tom, but the BBC commentary was so biased uh, before the actual kick-off and then United go two up within 10 minutes, quarter of an hour, whatever it was, and they were backtracking like mad. I don't, did you notice that? I, I wasn't listening to it. Like I said, it was um, yeah. Although my birthday Saturday is my niece's birthday today, so I was around with brothers, and he's a Liverpool fan, so we didn't have the volume on. Uh, um, uh, it sounds to me like you want to get your little keyboard out, Adrian, and uh, do a bit of warrior in. Yeah, I think so because you know, for your TV license fee, Danny, <laughs> Danny Blooming Murphy, car, oh, dear me. Anyway, moving on, Liverpool five, Norwich City two. Well, that was very much of a a one sided affair, wasn't it? I just, I just, what impresses me is how many youngsters were in the team, and uh, um, you know, and then later on he was bringing on people like Van Dijk and uh, oh, oh, you know um, Alexander Arnold. Like it was just crazy. Like it was, um, it's, it's certainly impressive how how he's prepared to put these youngsters and has faith in in their ability to um, to perform. And uh, some, he like say it's such a shame that he is leaving because there's some. Special stuff going on at the moment, but uh, I had no doubt that I thought they were going to, to to win that game. Well, we're getting a bit close for time now, so it's just just hitting these quick two last ones. Watford won, Southampton won. Um, Southampton have been on a hell of a roll for the moment, and I would have thought they'll beat Watford in the, in the replay. What do you boys think? Yeah, I think so. I think they're like you said, Davey, they're twenty odd and beaten in the Championship. Yeah, and they got a late equaliser, didn't they? And their home advantage for the replay with a trip to Anfield for the winners so I think Southampton will be favourites to uh, prevail in the replay yeah totally agree and then of course it was punch up time up at the Hawthorns I don't know quite what set that lot off did you see that yeah I think yeah. it was um, from what I heard today that um, West Bromwich Albion hadn't sold a lot of their tickets and they sort of basically were begging people to help fill the ground ah. and um, it sounds like too many got into Wolverhampton Wanderers fans, and when they scored the second goal, there's a lot of celebrations went off in different areas. And, it's just uh, people who can't control. Yeah. You know, if you get a ticket, if you want to go and see your team, yeah. you get a ticket. You're in the home end. Don't wear any colours and just sit on your hands if you score. Yeah. Just try and keep yourself under wraps. Or if they can't sell, like, create a, create create a bigger area for the away fans and, and yeah. sell the away fans a few more tickets. But also as well, they they were opening pubs at six a.m. In the local vicinity yeah. to the game because it was eleven forty-five or eleven fifty-five kickoff, whatever it was. Yeah. The pubs were open that's, at six. That's ridiculous as well. Yeah, that is ridiculous. If you actually did notice as well where the actual away fans were, there's a complete section that they'd obviously did for segregation, but they could have quite easily, you know, just moved that along a little bit more. Yeah. And then had the police, the police in between, and it would have been absolutely fine. But. It was right by the family area as well. All the players' um, yeah. relatives and yeah. friends were there, and they yeah. were when they stopped the game. They were getting their 
relatives yeah, and carrying, taking them, yeah, yeah, and taking them on the pitch and down the tunnel into the dressing room for their for their to safety. Fair, as well. so it was scary for them. As yeah, well. to be fair, I mean that's a little bit agreed by the club, and they should be uh, reprimanded for that. I think. Yeah, there'll be an investigation. But, yeah, there's, there's, there's nothing wrong because you're putting people's health at risk there, and and, uh, and you're, you're spoiling a, what should be a, a fun event. Do you know what I mean? You can look. Yeah. People yeah, could look forward said, to that as soon as a draw was made, you know, plan their whole day and weekend around it. And That's right, yeah. Tom. They were saying Tomorrow. the first time in 12 years they played each other in front yeah. of fans post-COVID. And, yeah. you know, and it should have been a good occasion, you know, two local rivals. Yeah. Absolutely. I suspect they'll, they'll get hammered financially for that, though. I mean, the police were all over yeah. the place. and uh... they, they were... Um, they were throwing um, bottles, weren't they, when Wolves players were taking corners before the actual yeah. violence in the terracing as well. So uh, they oh. probably got done for that anyway. So, uh, yeah, reproducing's coming there. And, of course, sure. Wolves sneak through with a victory as well, which, uh, you know, from their perspective, yeah, it's you know. a difficult game, I should have thought, from their point of view. Yeah, Wolves are a good side. Wolves are, again, they're like a... Yeah, they're like one of those sides that you, you don't fancy playing. I mean, I've got them coming up soon. I just Yeah, this yeah. weekend, isn't it? Yeah, I can't, can't see man like, getting anything out of that, to be honest. I mean, Wolves, funny side, like I said. Um, mm. Ray Neal's doing a good job, isn't he? Like he did at Bournemouth. Yeah, yeah. They don't, um, I think the difference is a little bit is the Wolves seem to be playing some all right footballs, whereas I think the fans at Bournemouth were not too impressed with the football Gary O'Neill was playing. It was pragmatic mm. and obviously he had a job to get him, keep him up. Um but, you know, in fairness, he's probably looked at the squad and thought, I'm not sure they're good enough to do this. So maybe he thinks Wolves are. Um, they've got that Neto fit now, haven't they? And he seems lively. Um, I think they'll do well to keep him. And if they keep him for the rest of the season, you know, they'll probably be in and around the top half, eighth, seventh, eighth, something like that. Hmm. Well, guys, that's more or less enough time, I'm afraid. So we're going to have to knock it on the head. Uh... Oh, I'll get to have some dinner now. Suffice mm-hmm. to say, thank you, gentlemen, Same. for joining us. Thank you, Gavin. Thanks, Aid. Thank you, boys. Cheers, Gavin. Like Tommy, thank thanks very much for joining us again. Cheers, fellas and uh, listeners. Enjoy the rest of your week. And over there in Eurovision land, you all right, Thorpey? Thanks very much. <laughs> living the dream, living the dream. And, yeah, uh, it's good yeah. Tom and well done, Gav. Well, thanks, boys, anyway. And uh, all I can say is thanks for listening to Football Bloody Hell. <laughs>